scripture today comes from our gospel we call Luke chapter 24 verses 1 through 12. So you can follow along up here or if you brought a Bible you can follow along there. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week the women went to the tomb bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember, What he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense. And they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb, and when he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering what had happened. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this story that we get to hear again, that we get to really pour through, maybe in a unique way. I ask that you speak through me in spite of me, that we may hear your words in spite of ourselves. Lord, may all the meditations of our hearts, may the words of my mouth, may they be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen. Yes, it's a good day. We've been building toward this. We've been working through Lent, and Lent has been about questions, and I know you may just be like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad we're done with these questions, because the questions wrestle with you, and I hope they've wrestled with you. I hope that you've allowed them to, because I think when you're wrestling with the questions of Jesus, you wrestle with God in the process, which is hard, but it's wonderful, and so hopefully as you've come out of this time of self-examination, of fasting, and of wrestling with the questions, you have found it a joyous occasion to be here on Resurrection Day. Some of you through the experience have died to yourself a bit through the wrestling. You may have identified things that you've needed to let go of for some time, and maybe you finally let them go. We're going to celebrate your faithfulness and this victory of death and dying and resurrection. We're going to celebrate your trust in God because God is faithful to us. And after a good fun day of family and eggs and bunnies, of Sabbath rest for the soul, we will enjoy it and then begin a new journey tomorrow. Amen? But today, it's Easter. And the whole gospel story has led up to this point. The death and empty tomb are the pinnacle of the gospel story, but they are not the pinnacle of our faith. That may sound strange, but if we consider the passage, maybe you'll see what it is that I see. Luke gives a unique account of the story different than the others. They all kind of give it a bit differently. Mark Mark just ends with the empty tomb and the women running away in terror, afraid, saying nothing to no one. Matthew's story involves some of the same women 
But they encounter Jesus directly, and then they return to the disciples. There's an earthquake and an angel sitting on the stone. There are guards that become like dead men. And the women are told to go and tell the disciples to leave Jerusalem and go to Galilee where Jesus will be. John, another world altogether, Resurrection Day begins with women, continues with Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit upon all of the disciples. And then there's a scene where Thomas doubts, but then proclaims Jesus as God. And then later there's a fishing scene in Galilee where Peter is restored and given a charge by Jesus. And then there's Luke. Luke tells of the women. Are you hearing the theme? Women? Girl power? Anybody? The women are disciples themselves. They aren't ordered to go tell the disciples. They are the disciples. They're they're called to remember what Jesus had said, which says that the women heard Jesus the first time if they were going to remember it, and they're just sent to go back and tell to the rest. They enter the open tomb when they go there and find no body. Men show up dressed exactly as the men that they encountered at the transfiguration, and exactly as the two beings will be at the beginning of Acts when Jesus ascends and they're looking up, watching Jesus, and then two show up and say, what are you doing? Why are you looking up in the sky? These, these angelic figures are described in the transfiguration as Moses and Elijah. So perhaps we're supposed to understand that these women encountered them again. The poignant question in all of this is, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's risen. Why are you in a tomb? They're eventually told not to go anywhere. Don't go to Galilee. Stay in Jerusalem. The women aren't given a message of anticipation about something that will happen. They're simply told to remember. Jesus gave them the words, but they didn't believe them yet. They didn't go to the tomb to anticipate a resurrection. They went with the ointment needed to bless a body. The other disciples, the 11 and the others, they don't believe the women when they give this account. Peter sees for himself, goes to the tomb and sees in and still is left in wonder. Luke sets up a series of events for the remainder of the gospel that will bring the entire group back together. At first, it's, it's confusion. A couple of them end up leaving and headed on the road to Emmaus, but then they encounter the risen Jesus and they come back and then they find out that Peter has encountered Jesus and then lo and behold, Jesus shows up and is with them all. But they're told to wait that they'll be empowered later by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. This all happens in Acts, which is another way to say Luke chapter 2. If you don't know, Luke volume 2 is Acts. The death and resurrection for Luke are only the beginning of the story, of our story of faith. And this is our story, the story of the church going and doing all that Jesus commands us to do. Now, like the women, we are to read the words of the gospel stories, yes, that we might then remember all that Jesus said and then, but the whole point is not to read the story about the empty tomb for the sake of the story itself. The point is that we engage with the risen Christ here and now today, revealed into the innermost part of ourselves through the Holy Spirit who is present with every single person here. The Holy Spirit is with you. In that engagement, we remember the gospel story, and then the Holy Spirit continues to teach us through that memory. Our Wesleyan tradition, just for those who don't know, uh, tells the story of our faith by understanding that the Holy Spirit is with you now. There's never a question of whether God is wanting to engage with you. The question is, will you engage with God? 
The women went to the tomb not expecting any of this. Earlier in their days of following Jesus, they had heard his words before about rising on the third day, but until that angelic figure encounter, they didn't remember. Perhaps they just didn't understand, or maybe they remember it, they just didn't accept it, but the remembering is the source of their faith in Luke. They tell the 11 they don't believe. In fact, the 11 condescendingly see this as evidence of delirium. That's what they say. Peter at least goes and looks for himself, but he still doesn't understand. All this to say, if you are struggling to understand the resurrection, if you are struggling to believe in the risen Christ today, you are in good company, my friends. Peter struggled. The very next story that I'm going to spend the next two weeks focusing on, the road to Emmaus, these disciples, they knew of the death, they knew of the empty tomb, but it's not until they encounter the resurrected Jesus that they come back. It's then that they learn that Peter has encountered Jesus. It's then that once they are together that Jesus comes. And still even then, Jesus says, wait. Wait here. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. So then they pour through the scriptures because Christ has given them a new way to understand the scriptures because the resurrection changes everything. Amen? Suddenly, the things they remember take on a new light through the resurrection and still they go nowhere until the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And once they have the very presence of the risen Christ within them through the Holy Spirit, then they begin their work. It's a very strange way to tell this story. It's then that the work of Jesus for the redemption of the world begins. The world, everyone in it, everything in it. That is the goal. And here we are on the other side of the planet... 2,000 years removed from a culture that we can't even hardly understand, that sometimes the scripture seems a little strange. And yet we have the risen Christ nonetheless. Is God good? So church, I want to talk to church right now. Um, I'm talking to myself. This is the voice that I wrestle with quite a bit. Paul wrote a lot in the New Testament, but he always wrote to the church. He was always addressing the church, not anyone else. So the church knowing that we have the risen Christ. Why do we spend more time telling the story of the cross and the empty tomb than we do the encounters of our own witness? Because those are the stories that people need to hear. Everyone knows the story, at least a little bit, about Easter. Have heard about the empty tomb. They see people wear crosses, but they haven't heard your story. Why do we invest so much time, money, and energy fighting in the world's political endeavors as if policy is going to bring about redemption? Why do we lose hope in our world, which is finding violence in more and more places like Sri Lanka, places that were meant to be sacred and safe like churches? Do we not understand the story? Do we not accept it? Or have we forgotten and we need to remember? If you have no hope, or even if your hope is tarnished, can you say that you have faith? We can wrestle with these questions, and we can wrestle with the hard questions, and we can let them take us to places that are uncomfortable, because we have hope. Amen? Can anything shake you from your foundation? Has anything shaken you from your foundation of hope? Maybe we need to remember Again, And maybe this is why we struggle to experience a life worth living some days and we find ourselves overwhelmed 
Anybody with me? Yeah. So what's that all about? Um, Have we put faith in other things? Have we just given our life into other areas? And maybe we don't even notice. Maybe you've put your faith solely in yourself. I mean, that's that's an American value, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That can be confusing. Maybe you've put faith in a particular government or a particular group within the government, right? And then everyone else is crazy. That's a joke. No one ever laughs at my jokes. Maybe you've put faith in a particular person in your life that's disappointed you. Has this ever happened, friends? Have you put faith in your job or your house or your money? Maybe you put faith in your marriage or relationship which struggles. Maybe you put faith in your version of the world. Maybe in your version of God. Or maybe a faith in Jesus who is somewhere else, sometime else, and has nothing to do with today. And let me ask you, these versions of the faith that we all find ourselves in at times, does it let you down? Will they ever bring you true fullness of life, joy, and vibrancy, a hope that outlasts all trials? But we're going to keep trying, aren't we? Yeah, because we struggle. Maybe it's just me. We put faith in so many things that are of the world, and then we're surprised when they let us down. Why do we do this to ourselves, I wonder? Why do we look for the living among the dead? I can tell you with certainty there is hope. Our hope is Jesus Christ, not just Jesus Christ, the risen Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That sounds very churchy, I know. But just consider the truth of the story if you're not sure you're quite ready for this. The evidence, if you will. A few dozen disciples huddled around in our story today thinking that some crazy story is being told. That's where the story starts. Some of them threw in the towel and went home. And today we have a worldwide revolution and we're sitting here And for 2,000 years, this story has grown and spread. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it has stood the test of time. And it stands the trials and tribulations, but we sometimes forget. Because we're in the middle of trials and tribulations, are we not? In the early church, when widows and orphans were abandoned, you know who it was that showed up and claimed them and took care of them? The church. It was the church that empowered all people and invited everyone to sit around one table with one loaf and one cup, slave, free, Jew, Greek, man, woman, old, young. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what your social status is. The table is a place where we come together as one and no one is above the other. We have one Lord and his name is? When the plagues set into towns over the years, when people would leave to leave the sick behind to try to save their own lives, do you know who it was that went into the towns and cared for the sick at the risk of their own health? The church. When the government kills people of the church for their faith, the church has always pressed on, continued to tell the story, continued to live this alternative way. And when the church has at times become so powerful that its leaders are actually lured by the very power and riches which they are given. 
It's people like Martin Luther and John Wesley and Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King and people like you that have put their lives on the line to stand up for what the church should be. Amen? Today we have no more or less troubling times than the world has ever seen. Do you believe that? I would say we have it way better than they did in the time of Rome. And if you don't believe me, go read some stories. They invented this thing to keep people alive as long as possible in as much pain as possible to eventually kill them. This symbol that we've flowered, it's quite an ugly thing that we have taken and given whole new meaning because that's what God does. Today we have no, I don't think we have any less trouble. Some of it's given new names. Some of this dead way of living presents itself in, in new cultures or, or new, new names and identities, new leaders, but we've seen it before, have we not? Yet, we get so weighed down by it. And I wonder, have we lost our hope? Have we forgotten that we serve a risen Christ? The government disappoints us, Amen. And if they don't now, it will in four years. Amen? The market disappoints us. Our things, they're actually created to be obsolete, and we keep buying them. Our relationships face challenges all around us. Power and riches once again lure leaders. We hurt and kill each other. We judge and condemn each other. And we have spent far too much time looking to the past as our source of pride. That's where our strength and greatness lies, we might even say. If we spend too much time looking backward, having not understood and claimed the resurrected Jesus today, that not only was Jesus, Jesus was risen, Jesus is risen, then some of us might just think about throwing in the towel and hitting the road to Emmaus and getting out of here. And that happens. We might just spend all of our time complaining and in despair about everything and everyone to the point where people that aren't a part of us say, I don't want anything to do with that. And I say, I don't know that I blame you. We might just exhaust ourselves and find it so hard to even get out of bed, even wonder, what's the point? Why do we look for the living among the dead? The resurrected Jesus is present all around you and within you. Yes? Love conquered death. Yes? Jesus took on all the sin the world could throw at him, and he did not abandon the way. Scourging, crowning, rejection, betrayal, crucifixion, he never retaliated once. In fact, the only things he had to say were of love. He forgave until it was finished, and what began was our new beginning. So will you abandon the dead things in your life? All of us. We're still in this. It's a process. Will you stop expecting anything other than Jesus to bring you into fullness of life? Anything, anyone. Church, this means all the things we have assigned Jesus' name to perhaps sometimes isn't the way of Jesus after all. We have, we have to discern this. Maybe we're the ones who need to reclaim what it means to cling to this cross daily. And if we can't do it, if we refuse to do it, then how would we expect anyone to follow and be a part of what we're doing? Will you cling to Jesus? Yes, he was risen and is risen because the good news is it is Jesus alone that restores our hope. He is our hope, a hope that cannot be weighed down. Amen? 
Say it with me. A hope that cannot be weighed down. So what are you worried about? Jesus has already shown us that love conquers the worst death possible. He's already shown us that powerful governments and cultures of our history, they can't contain him, even in a tomb. He's already shown us that no amount of effort by the imperfect church can box him in or bridle him for their own benefit. You can attempt to shut him out of your life, but he will never stop working for you because you are a child of God. Jesus wants nothing more than to give you life in his name. And I'm going to read from Paul because he just says it better. In all these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or any other thing that is created. Do we believe this? Will we believe it when the time is tough? And for the rest that aren't part of the church, maybe you're feeling this out. Let me assure you, you don't have to have all the answers figured out. That's not what has to happen. Peter was still Peter, even though he didn't quite understand the empty tomb. I'm going to quote Mark Twain because it's a great quote. Are you ready for this? It ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Until you encounter the resurrected Jesus, you'll probably struggle to understand and accept the news of Easter, and that's okay. We would love to walk with you. Sometimes we're told to wait. This story is about the church, a group of people who stick together, who know we will figure it out, who encounter difficulty and press on because we don't have our hope in any particular perspective or policy or building or denomination or practical theology or whatever else we can throw. Where is our faith? In Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the risen Jesus who will lead us into life. You know how we know that everything Jesus said is true? We know that through the empty tomb, don't we? This faith is a journey. It's a process. It's why it's called a way. A way. Just as we walked through the Lenten season wrestling with the questions, the entire walk of faith is about wrestling with God. Israel, the word Israel, means the one who struggles or wrestles with God, and we are all Israel. Amen? Saying yes to the resurrected Jesus is saying, I'm ready to enter into the struggle even, well, because I don't have it all figured out. You will have what you need for today, your daily bread, and then you'll continually be renewed and reworked and restored. Sometimes you'll look back at who you were and what you thought and say, yikes. Amen? Anybody with me on that one? Thank God for grace. Hear the words again. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Remember, as the women did, the truth. Our hope is in Jesus. Jesus chose to work in the world through us, the church. We are not perfect, but we're good. Even when we get things wrong, put your hope in Jesus Christ this day and every day and put all of your hope in him and then watch as the risen Christ encounters you. Watch as the Holy Spirit begins the struggle of renewal within. Witness the miraculous ability for us to dance and sing with joy amidst the deepest and darkest troubles this world can throw at us. Because we stand on Christ alone. Amen?
Amen. Jesus will never let you down. We know this because he lives. And through him, we will too. Amen.